0: You know, we can't do anything about six months from now. We've got to go day by day. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. We're playing New Jersey, man, so there's going to be some chippiness, there's going to be some griminess, but we're leaving it within the line. Not take a team like that. Once a Giant, always a Giant. For me, it's only a Giant.
1: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast Brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am your aforementioned host, Art Stapleton. And we've reached episode 10 of our fledgling podcast here. And the New York Giants are coming off a pretty significant victory, if you ask me. 25-3 over the Carolina Panthers. Certainly more of their weight class, if you will. The Carolina Panthers versus the previous two opponents, the Cowboys and the Rams. And the Giants went out there and did what they had to do, beating Matt Rule and his team from Carolina. Had the Giants lost, there would have been a lot of discussion about how they hired the wrong guy in Joe Judge back in January 2020. And that they should have done what they could to get Matt Rule to come up here and interview. Judge gets the best of Rule. Judge's team gets the best of rules team, and as a matter of fact, this is one of those things where the Giants finally got back into a situation where they played a team that was really in their weight class. This wasn't the Rams, this wasn't the Cowboys, this was a team that the Giants had every reason to think that they can go out there and not only compete, but punch back and win this game, and they did. Now they're only 2-5, so I'm not going to all of a sudden make them a contender, Uh, In the division, in the NFC, that's not what this is about. We'll get to that in a second. On today's show, the quarterback of the New York Giants, number eight, Daniel Jones. Got the chance to sit down with DJ after Wednesday's practice. Talk a little Carolina Panthers. Some OBJ and David Tyree comparisons for Daniel Jones after his one-handed face mask catch against the Panthers. We talked about his family connections, inspirations growing up, what awaits at Arrowhead, uh, what he thought of Tom Brady's 600th touchdown. Had a little fun with that. Then, of course, Daniel and the two-minute drill. Uh, He was a willing participant in that as well. So before we get to that, I'll give you some of my thoughts on where the Giants are at heading to Arrowhead at two and five. I think this team right now is being forced to adapt. I think they were pretty, I don't want to say stuck in their ways or stubborn, but I think coming into this season, they felt as though they had to do things a certain way. And if anything, the injuries on the offensive side of the ball and the inefficiency on the defensive side of the ball and their inability to stop the Cowboys or the Rams really forced them into a situation where they needed to practice what they preach. They needed to just take a singular focus of beating the Carolina Panthers. And what we saw is the defense played a little bit like they did last year, a little bit more zone, didn't necessarily single up across the board. You know, James Bradbury's interception of Sam Sam Bradford, Sam Darnold. At this point, I think the Carolina Panthers would take Sam Bradford over Sam Darnold the way he's playing. But Bradbury's interception of Darnold was really similar to some of the picks that they got last year. They had pressure up front, but they played zone in the back. And I asked Bradbury about that on Sunday After the game and he said, you know, he had his quadrant, he had the player that he was supposed to kind of be responsible for in his area. But as soon as he saw the over route, he knew that if Darnold was going to take a chance that he was going to be able to leave his area and go and get a pick. And that's exactly what Bradbury did. The Giants kind of outsmarting Sam Darnold and the way the Panthers wanted to play offense. You know, it's funny. You hear all about Joe Brady and how he's an innovative offensive coordinator. When you don't have Christian McCaffrey on the field and your quarterback is playing as poorly or as indecisive as Sam Darnold is, you kind of get knocked back down to size. And I think that was kind of a a comeuppance a little bit for Matt Rule and the Panthers. And I wrote about it in in the record in NorthJersey.com that Rule kind of woke the Giants up a little bit last week, talking about they were going to come and find their identity, run the ball 33 times. And I think the Giants kind of took offense to that and looked and said, you're not coming here this week to establish your identity. And I think in some ways, by doing that, Rule helped bring out the identity of these Giants. On the offensive side of the ball, we know the injuries. I think The Giants are going to get some positive news this week. I'm not exactly sure who will be back, but it certainly was a positive sign that in Wednesday's walkthrough, Saquon Barkley came running out of the building out to practice. His shoes untied, but he was running and he was suited up and ready to stretch and see what he can do in practice. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, and Sterling Shepard. I think you have a chance to get one or two of those guys back. Now look, the Giants would not have had Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay stay off of injured reserve. This is this would be their third game missed. And unless there was a setback, the Giants anticipated by keeping them off IR that they would be ready for Monday night against Kansas City. So that's something to keep in mind. It doesn't always become an absolute. It's possible that either one or both are not back for Monday, but it's certainly something to keep in mind that the Giants believe they're going to give themselves every opportunity to be back. That's Galladay and Barkley. I know there was a report by NFL Network's Ian Rappaport that Barkley is kind of a long shot for Monday. We'll have to wait and see and how this thing develops, uh, and whether or not either one of those guys are back. Now say, uh, Sterling Shepard, uh, wasn't very close to be, to playing on Sunday. He had a pregame workout that they essentially cut short. But in talking to Joe Judge on Wednesday, I believe that Shepard will give himself a good shot to play on Monday. He had a hamstring, kind of a reaggravation aggravation uh, in practice last Thursday. So that's something to keep an eye on. Kadarius Toney, I would imagine Kadarius Tony is probably the closest out of the four guys, and that's just me going Off of the tea leaves trying to figure out what the Giants are going to do this week. So I would say they have a good chance of getting at least two with Shepard and Tony. And then with Galladay and Saquon Barkley, we'll have to wait and see and see how they develop over the weekend. So that's kind of how I'm seeing it size up. We're going to get to the Daniel Jones interview in a second. And then I'll wrap up with my thoughts on Daniel And uh, maybe a little bit of a prediction and what the Chiefs have been going through lately uh, as we wrap the show. But first, a word from our friends at Tipico. Tipico Sportsbook, a global sports betting leader, is now live in New Jersey and Colorado. Make your favorite sports more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. For a limited time, new users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus... Terms and conditions apply 21 and over. See site for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. So in setting up this interview with Daniel Jones, you kind of got to bring you into kind of behind the scenes of How we put together the podcast. We booked Daniel on Monday night. We knew that there would be uh, some media obligations for him. It's a national game this week. Daniel's always a popular request, especially when the Giants win, especially when Daniel had such a game that he had on Sunday. Uh, So you kind of wait until after practice. And boy, I have to point it out right away. You're going to hear it in the interview. The winds were swirling at the Meadowlands on Wednesday. It was almost that old time feel of the swamps of Jersey at the old Giants Stadium. Uh, this has to be the windiest I've felt at Quest Diagnostic Center for a Giants practice. So Joe Judge loved it. They were practicing in the elements, but when you're recording a podcast afterwards, you know we kind of move the table. Uh, that we usually use on the patio out overlooking the Giants practice fields. Daniel and I kind of try to set up behind one of their uh, brick pillars uh, to see if we can block the wind from the microphone. So there was a lot going into this podcast and this interview with Daniel Jones, so I appreciate it from DJ's perspective. I hope you guys appreciate Uh, what we tried to do as far as the audio goes. I mean, look, you can never, and I say it every week, you can never prepare for the planes overhead coming to and from Teterboro Airport uh, out there in East Rutherford. Uh, Obviously, Teterboro is not in East Rutherford, but you know what I'm saying. The flying patterns over the Meadowlands are always unpredictable. And then the winds giving you a taste of, of what it was like out there at practice on Wednesday. So without further ado, Number eight of the New York Giants. Choosing that number for old Kobe, which is what Daniel told me when he was a rookie. Here's Daniel Jones. All right, now it's time for our weekly interview. And nobody better than Daniel Jones. DJ, thanks for joining me. And congratulations on a big win on Sunday. But I know you've already turned the page looking ahead to Monday night in Kansas City.
0: Yeah, we're excited. I appreciate you having me on, Art.
1: So I feel like I've gotten to know you a little bit since you got here. I've had the fortune of talking to members of your family, friends. What I think is so crazy is that you're someone who wants nothing to do with talking about yourself, bringing attention upon yourself in any way. Yet in a span of a year, less than a year, you've had two moments on the field that have just gone viral. And people just have talked about Daniel Jones' memes and everything else. Do you almost think to yourself, what the heck, man? I'm doing everything to avoid that kind of stuff.
0: Uh <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's funny and, and uh, you know, my friends and, and family get a kick out of it. So uh, it's all good. I guess the first moment was the trip. So <laughs> definitely try to avoid those moments. But, um, yeah, it's just uh, it's fun part of it, uh, part of playing, you know, in New York for the Giants. And, and uh, you know, so I, uh, I enjoy it.
1: Do you when I would imagine you saw some of the memes, I would think people coming out of the stadium and stuff like yeah. that. Does it just – you almost put your phone away and say, you know, all right, guys, stop. I got another game
0: to play this week. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You know, I think um, a lot of those jokes, a lot of those memes came in on, on Sunday, but it's certainly quieted down since then. But, yeah, it's all – it's fun and, and funny. But, like you said, we're focused on, on Kansas City.
1: Now, just a couple more on, on Sunday. Kadarius went out and tweeted – you know, Daniel Beckham Jr. and all the stuff about the, the catch. Everybody was joking about, you know, ODJ. Do you remember when Odell made that catch where you were? Um, you were probably around 9 or 10 years old. Right? Oh, no, that was yeah. Tyree.
0: That was Tyree, uh, yeah. I think – what year was that? That was uh, – That was 2014. 2014, so I was still in high school. Um, I don't remember it exactly. Obviously, I remember the catch. And, right. You know, everyone's seen it, seen it a number of times. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think it's it's a stretch to say the least to compare those two
1: players. What <laughs> did you hear from David Tyree? I mean, I know you've been in contact, uh, you know, through the years. You know him. Yeah. I mean, people were kind of talking about the helmet catch too, <laughs> in
0: the next I think three, it's so. a stretch to stretch to compare it to uh, to Tyree also. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I uh, you know, it's funny, funny to hear the reactions. But um, you know, to put my catch <laughs> on that level is. Very different.
1: Your reaction—you just kind of jumped up. I mean, that's pretty much what you were what you were saying in the moment, right? That it's a catch. Let's go. We got yeah. to <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I thought the play before the catch—the third and twelve to Booker when you were out of the pocket and you kind of flipped it over. Tell me what you saw there, because I would imagine those kind of plays, those out of pocket, you know, freelancing a little bit. But what what did you see in that situation? Because that's a huge spot in that drive.
0: Yeah, um, so they you know playing man-to-man coverage and and um, you know they they covered our route pretty well um, you know credited them and and uh, you know protection was was pretty good but um, you know got out of the pocket and, and Devontae made a good play his guy came out of coverage to play me on the run and and uh, was able to get it to him so just a good a good feel by him there and uh, you know obviously made a good play with the ball in his hands after the, after the catch so. Um, Yeah, it was an important play for us.
1: Everybody kind of forgets that one, you know, (laughs) (laughs) what came next. Um, Your dad once told me for a story that you were someone who understood in early games that it's never too up, never too down. And I think his quote to me was, don't let people who mean well or don't mean well take you off your game. Do you remember really the first time? Was that always the message for you, whether it was from coaches, whether it was from your parents? To kind of have that mindset of never too high, never too low.
0: Um. Yeah, I think that's probably you know just something. Uh. You know, you mentioned my dad, my mom, and dad obviously yeah. have a big impact on how you think as a kid. And um. You know, I I remember that being that that being something. Um. You know, they they talk about it. And I remember my dad saying a lot. It's you know it's never as good or as bad as it seems. In my life, and you know, it's, it's, it's something you know. I, I,
1: last You know, when, I, when you got here, I, I had the opportunity to, to talk to some of your family, especially your siblings, which I thought was always a classic situation. So take me back to draft night. You guys are in the green. I remember them telling me the story that that. Your older sister and your brother started calling you and texting you yeah. as the picks started coming off the board. How angry were you in that situation?
0: Yeah, it was it was uh they were messing with me a little bit and, and calling me. I think it was I think it was Rebecca, my older sister. Right. But uh yeah, it was uh it was funny and, and just keeping it, you know, somewhat of a stressful moment oh. light I think and, and just uh, you know it was fun having having a good time and, and uh, it was cool to have that experience. For Duke women's
1: soccer, I don't know if you've been able to watch any games online. Obviously, younger sister Ruthie is their goalkeeper, and they're on a heck of a run this year. Um, she told me that you guys used to have epic two-on-two basketball games in the driveway. What was that about? What, what was that like growing up? And how much did that competition kind of get you to the point where you were when you started playing competitively in, in college, and especially when you get to the pros?
0: yeah I think um, by the way Duke women's soccer had a big win against Florida State last week so uh, they're moving forward and excited to you know enjoyed watching them but um, I think that was a big part for all of us growing up being able to compete against one another um, you know whether it was basketball whether it was you know football even you know even the girls would would help out in playing football and soccer you know you name it there was always something we were playing or something we were doing and um, you know being able to Grow up like that, where there's always someone to, to play with, someone to compete with. I think was important for for all of us growing up.
1: I think Ruthie said you you guys you would make it a point that the game had to be finished before anyone got a chance to go in and, and have dinner. Is uh, that is that accurate? Uh,
0: I don't know. I don't know about that, but uh, the games were certainly competitive, and th- there was there was uh, there was a winner and loser. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> who is, I, I mentioned Ruthie a lot, but who is the best athlete in the family? I know you guys always bust chops about that? Has she kind of taken up the ride
0: (laughs) now? I don't know. She, uh, you know, it's been funny. We, we all played different sports, which is, you know, so you struggle to compare anyone to to one another, but, you know, I think each of us, um, you know, was, uh, you know, found a way to to play something and, and, uh, you know, play something well. So, uh, I think if you ask my dad, he would certainly say Ruthie. And I think a lot of, a lot of people might say Ruthie. She's, uh, she's, uh, extremely talented athlete and talented at, uh, at a lot of things.
1: Can't forget your mom though. Come <laughs> on. Your mom played competitively, right? At mom, Bateson, yeah. Field
0: hockey? Uh, my mom played basketball a little basketball. bit. Um, she actually, she actually got hurt, uh, before she got going too much, but, right. uh, sister played sister played field hockey, That's right. but, uh, yeah.
1: And Bates is now at Duke as well, right?
0: Bates at Duke. So,
1: yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Everybody woke up. I think woke up after the game on Sunday and realized, wait a minute, Daniel's an athlete. You know, it, it's kind of funny how those things work. But I remember one of your high school coaches told me that, you know, they thought if you weren't doing as well at quarterback, they could put you at safety and you'd be a ball. Yeah. Is there any talk back then of, of playing both ways?
0: I don't. Uh, no, I don't think I. I, uh, I, I would have done it. Would have loved to do it, but. Um... You know, I think that's a different type of athlete playing that. I think you can look at the, the route I ran before Dante's throw and, and probably rethink some of that, uh, some of those ideas. But, uh, like I said, <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's fun and, and uh, you know, we'll see.
1: You played pretty competitively on the AAU circuit for basketball for a while there. Do you have a best basketball memory that you that you go back
0: to if you think back a the days? Um, best basketball memory? Uh, I don't I don't know. I mean I think uh, you know, playing in high school, playing playing AAU and, and a lot of those summer tournaments, um, you know, playing two or three games a day and, and uh you know, competing with those guys. We we had a lot of fun playing basketball, playing pickup basketball in the neighborhood or, or uh, you know, with my brother playing one on one. I think um, you know, basketball was a big part of, of uh of growing up, of, of uh, you know, what I was doing, what my brother was doing and a lot of my buddies. So you guys are heading
1: to Arrowhead on Monday night, Monday night football, Kansas City against a team that's been in the Super Bowl the last two years. What kind of opportunity is this for you and, and the Giants?
0: I think it's a, a huge opportunity for us. And and uh, like you said, a team that's uh, been at the top of the league the past, you know, what three or four or five years and and, and a really good team. So uh, um you know, it'll, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to to go in there Monday night and and, uh, and compete, play as hard as we can, and, and uh, you know, hopefully come out with a win. And, and that's the goal. I think, you know, you've heard a lot about, you know, I've heard a lot about Airhead Stadium and, and you know, the atmosphere that, that is, the environment, the fans, and, and we're looking forward to, to playing.
1: So Tom Brady is at 600 touchdown passes now, right, over the weekend. You're only 560 behind. <laughs> so how many years is it going to take you to get, to uh to
0: 600. I, I don't know. I don't that's a, a, a incredible stat when you think about it, you know, how how well he's played for for how long and and uh you know, obviously a tremendous amount of respect for that, but I don't know if I'm focused on those numbers yet.
1: <laughs> no, no not yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, all right, we usually end the interviews with kind of a two minute drill a football question and have I usually throw three fun ones at you and see uh, See how you respond. You up for it? All right, let's do it. All right, football question. You can pick the brain of any quarterback in NFL history. Anyone. Spend a day with them. Who would it be and why?
0: Um, it's interesting. I think. Uh, I don't know. I think you know. We talked about Brady. He's one of those guys. Rogers. Um, those guys who who played at a high level. I think. Um, you know, growing up for me, uh, you know, it was, you know, Peyton Manning and then in Charlotte, Jake Talome. So I don't know. You asked for one. That's, those are a few guys, (laughs) but, um, I think, you know, I think you can learn so much from, from, uh, a bunch of different people. It'd be awesome to talk to any of those guys.
1: Awesome. Uh, so I asked Dexter Lawrence, I know I keep talking to you about basketball, but if you had to play a basketball pickup game, kind of like an NFL tournament of teams, if you had to pick a starting five, you're obviously one of them. Who are the four other guys you pick?
0: <laughs> I don't know. That's tough because I don't. I don't know a whole lot about guys' basketball skills. Um, you know, we we've played I've played a little bit with some of these guys. Darius can shoot a little bit. He's got a good shot on him, and uh, Shep's not bad. Um, Saquon Saquon had not played a lot of basketball but he's an incredible athlete and you know he can get it done um, so maybe some of those guys I don't know I don't know many guys from other teams but there's some there's some good athletes just yours just right. yours yeah.
1: return the favorite to Dexter mm-hmm. he did pick you
0: yeah so. I'd take Dex I can see Dex uh, <laughs> down there in the paint uh, making it happen
1: um, you know I, in terms of if I give you one concert any musical act of a time that you can have like a private show with friends and family you have one off the top of your head?
0: Uh, I'm a big Kings of Leon fan. Maybe those guys. Um, I haven't seen them live and, and uh, you know, look forward to that.
1: All right. Last one. I don't know if you're a TV guy, but you read a lot of books. Do you watch TV?
0: A little bit, yeah. If
1: there's one show that you would binge watch over a weekend, what would it
0: be? Um Let's see. Well, uh, I'm watching Ted Lasso right now. So that's okay. probably the first one that comes to come to mind there. It's, you know, I've enjoyed watching that. It's a good show. Awesome.
1: Well, Daniel Jones, thank you for your time. Uh, and See if you can stay off those memes circuit <laughs> this, this Monday night, but good luck yeah. against the Chiefs. Appreciate
0: awesome. It. Thanks, Art. Thanks for
1: having me. All right, thanks. Special thanks to Daniel Jones for that interview. You know, like I said, he was bouncing around. He had his, his usual... Wednesday news conference uh, with the beat writers uh, that I kind of eavesdropped over as I had set up the our impromptu makeshift podcast studio at the Giants facility every week Uh, and then he had to do a TV interview for Monday night for their pregame show and then he did another interview and then finally they freed him up and he came over and knocked out the interview with us so again Appreciate Daniel Jones' time. With that extra day, it certainly made it possible. So now you go into a game where it's Daniel Jones and Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes is the one who leads the league in interceptions. The Chiefs are scuffling. They're giving up the ball at an alarming rate. I'm not going to say that Daniel Jones all of a sudden is the creativity, the creative force at quarterback that Mahomes is. But... Jones was the guy who caught a pass in spectacular circus style the other night. No interceptions, no turnovers against the Carolina Panthers for Daniel Jones. So if you want to buy into the script, maybe Daniel Jones has a little bit of a puncher's chance, especially if he gets a couple of his guys back offensively to make something happen in this game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And one of the reasons is their defense. The Chiefs are allowing 6.6 yards per play. The league average is 5.7. The Chiefs are allowing 8.6 yards per pass attempt. The league average is 7.4. The Chiefs are allowing 4.7 yards per carry. The league average is 4.3. So sure, I'm sure they they want... the Giants would love to have Saquon Barkley back against this Chiefs defense... But Devontae Booker kind of grinded it out. Maybe he's able to get something going a little bit against the Chiefs front uh, that has has really struggled, would like to put a lot of pressure, old friend Steve Spagnuolo, uh, but they've kind of hit a rough patch. And I think uh, when it comes down to this game on Monday night, we all expect Patrick Mahomes to be throwing the ball all over the lot at Arrowhead. Uh, I think you're going to take those risks against this Giants defense. We saw what the Cowboys were able to do. We saw what the Rams were able to do. We saw what the Carolina Panthers were not able to do. So this is a step up in class for the Giants. And, you know, if they play a a duplicate performance the way they did against Carolina, they're not going to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I think it's pretty safe to say that. So they need their best game of the season. They need the second half against New Orleans, really for all four quarters. Because even when Patrick Mahomes turns the ball over and takes unnecessary risks. I believe uh, that Mahomes is going to put up points. I mean, if the Giants allow less than 30 points on Monday night, I think they're going to give themselves an opportunity to win the game. Uh, That's how good I think this Chiefs offense can be against the Giants defense that has been vulnerable in certain aspects. So, uh, look, the latest line from Tipico was 9.5. Giants are 9.5 point underdogs. I'd feel a little better if I knew if Kadarius Toney or Kenny Galladay or Saquon Barkley or Sterling Shepard were absolutely playing on Monday. But I do think the Giants will keep it close. Uh, There's an opportunity for a backdoor cover, obviously, if that's all you're worried about as far as the Giants and the point spread. But at the end of the day, I I still have a hard time seeing the Giants going into Arrowhead and beating the Chiefs. Uh, it's just, it's one of those tasks that I'm not sure if this team is ready for uh, boy. If they did their season would take on a completely different complexion. If they get to three and five and all of a sudden you're looking at the rest of the NFC. Yeah. You might not have a shot at the Cowboys in the NFC East, But I think you do have a shot at a wild card, especially with some of the games on the back end of your schedule coming up. You still have Miami. You still have the Eagles. You still have Washington. So there are a couple spots to get wins. And the way you beat the Saints down in New Orleans, if you were to somehow beat Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid and the Chiefs at Arrowhead in prime time, no less. I think people might look at the rest of your schedule a lot differently. So I think the Giants have an uphill climb. I don't necessarily expect to be covering a win when I'm out there in Kansas City. But let's be honest, Giants fans. There's a lot to be invested in right now. Go out and have fun. Enjoy your quarterback. Enjoy some of the players that you potentially have coming back. Kadarius Tony's is going to be back out there on the field soon. I think you're going to want that. You're going to want to be able to be involved in this team, be engaged. We wanted to see if the Giants would go all in on this season, and they did last week. That leads me to where we are right now, and they join us because, you know, we're all in on the Giants. We're all in on this season, and we're all in on you. This podcast is a product of the fan engagement that we have and the effort and the coverage that we put into this team. Hope you enjoy it. Episode 10. That's a wrap. We'll see you next week.